Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Aaron Hawksford with you on a Tuesday, Futures Day here on the show. A lot more to jump into. Lightning bets coming up about 40 minutes. Right now, though, we go out to the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line, and we are joined by Michael Felder for Field of 12, at In the Bleachers on Twitter. And the Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America back to their best. The bedroom is GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. We'll get to Michael coming up here in a second, and uh, we'll talk to him, I'm sure, about the Drake May uh, Heisman Trophy candidacy, Aaron, that we talked about yesterday with Paul, his five to his 100 to one that was a five to one or is now a five to one. Let's get to that. Let's be, we're joined now by our guy, Michael Felder. Michael, welcome back to the show. We, uh, we kind of played you in with the call there of Drake May, another one of his uh, great plays over the weekend. And look, he was 100 to one to win the Heisman Trophy, he's five to one now. Michael, do you think he's going to be there when they have the finalists in New York City for the Heisman Trophy? How real is this Drake May Heisman Trophy candidacy? I think it's I think it's real in terms of maybe he can get to New York City, especially with a good showing in the ACC championship game. Uh, but I think the real interesting part is going to be next year. Next year we're going to be living in the world of the hype, right? Like that's going to be the part where you're you really have got to be like, whoa, what are what's going on here? So I think that's going to be the the most interesting element to me. Um, this year, if he gets there, that feels like a win for him. We'll see what happens, uh, moving forward. If he's able to get, if he's able to actually, you know, close the deal, he threw for 400 and something yards this weekend. Like that was unbelievable. And he was one of only three players in the country that threw for over 400 yards this past weekend. So, uh, with Drake may, I definitely think there's an opportunity. I don't know that he's a winner, but if you're looking for a guy that's a bit of a long shot, why not throw him on, throw him on your ticket? We know you played at UNC. Is there a potential playoff um, path for them if they win out and beat Clemson in the ACC title game? Ooh, that is a tough one. I think that there is – got to do a lot of what-ifs to get there. I think this is a team that realistically – it's not just the conference champions, right? It's not just an undefeated TCU, an undefeated Georgia, uh, an undefeated Ohio State or Michigan – it's also, what are we looking at? Are we looking at a one-loss USC that's also going to be in there? Are we going to be looking at uh, – and then and then the, the hurdle for me with UNC is if they beat Clemson, yes, they'll be in the ranks of the conference champs, but for them to shoot all the way up is going to be really tough. We're, we, listen, that means you also have to move past a potential two-loss LSU as a conference champion. You also have to move past, in that scenario, one-loss Tennessee, one-loss uh, – in a one-loss Georgia that loses to LSU in the SEC championship. So there's a lot of dominoes. Oh, and by the way, the whoever loses the Ohio State in the Michigan game is also going to be sitting there as a one-loss team and a huge draw. So this it's going to take a lot of, you know, listen, you're going to have to build your, your own Legos to get there. You're going to have to build your own building. So it's interesting you mentioned the two, but the potential of a two-loss LSU. Like when you, when you do it in your head, Michael, when you think about the national title picture in your head, the playoff picture in your head, how many yeah. teams are still alive for this, right? So we know Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, um, and, and TCU. They're the top four right now. Tennessee kind of right. lurks if someone falls out. What do you think about LSU? They have two losses. I mean, they're in the SEC title game, so they certainly could beat Georgia and, and kind of put themselves in the mix. But do you think we could get a two-loss team in the playoff? Yeah. I mean, listen, here's the reality. LSU is the only team that's won a national championship with two losses, right, in the modern era. They did that. They already, they've already done it because 
But the, the difference there was, and I'll never forget this from LSU fans. This was like start around the start of my career. By the way, shout out to that E40 shirt. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I literally, I literally, like, they kept going, but it wasn't in regulation. It wasn't in regulation. And here they'll be like, it was early in the season. It was early in the season. I just, when I look at this, if LSU keep, they're at seven. If LSU keeps winning, Ohio State and Michigan, they're going to get ahead of Ohio State or Michigan, whoever loses that football game. If they beat Georgia, they'll, again, move up. They're going to be in the top four. That's just the reality of the situation. And, oh, by the way, TCU could still drop a football game, which means they're going to have more space to move up. I look at all this as space to move up. When you talk about who's who's actually in striking distance, which is what I like to call it, when we talk about who's actually in striking distance right now, I think they're, I think Clemson still, even though Clemson is down, I think they still have the opportunity to move to, to go up. I think that – Obviously, USC has the opportunity to go up. Oregon's going to come down tonight when they release the rankings because of that loss to Washington. Uh, but LSU still can go up. Tennessee can still go up. TCU can still move up. Ohio State and Michigan will take care of themselves. And then Georgia, obviously, all they have to do is keep winning and they're in business. Speaking of TCU, TCU beat Texas Saturday 17-10. to 10. So now Texas limping into Kansas. The number is nine and a half. What are your thoughts on this game? I like Kansas. I, I do. I, I do. I look if I'm if I'm gonna lay my money down, I'm gonna lay on Kansas. I, I don't think people have given enough credence to how aggressive their defense has been. We've talked so much about the quarterback spot, and then obviously when when Daniels goes down, then Bean comes in. But and they're they're managing that situation. But this is a team that they do feel more well rounded than we've expected, or one than we've seen than what we've seen out of them in a long time. And so I, I mean, going all the way back to what the Mangino years in like '08. So. I'm not saying that they're, you know, Orange Bowl material like that team, but this is certainly a team that's put it together. Uh, my buddy Stephen Hartzell, he said that he thought that the, um, the the carriage had turned back into a pumpkin, and then we saw them get off the mat this past weekend, and so I think they've got a great opportunity this weekend as well. I haven't thought about the Mangino era in a while. I'm glad we got there. I'm glad we talked <laughs> to Mark Mangino this morning. Uh, Michael, TCU, everyone keeps waiting for uh, the letdown, and they went on the road yeah. last week as seven-point dogs. They won. They're they're on the road in Baylor this week, two and a half point favorites. Could this be the letdown spot for TCU? What do you think about this game? I mean, have you guys been watching what's going on with Baylor? It's it's rough, rough football yep. right there. And I thought I picked Baylor to win the Big Twelve this year. Uh, I thought I picked them to, to repeat, and they were the. And it wasn't just me. It was like they were the preseason favorites to win the Big Twelve, and. They just haven't figured it out. And the biggest part, the biggest problem for me is not offensively. It's defense. This defense was supposed to be very good. This defense was supposed to be stout in that front seven. And then you watch what Kansas State was able to do with them a week ago. I think that what you get, I think what we get out of TCU is a, a concerted effort to run the football with, with Kendra. And then I think they're going to find space over the top with Quentin Johnston with Savion Williams. And I think that's where we're going to see success. So I think TCU gets the win. Yeah. Alabama beat Ole Miss Saturday 30 to 24. So now Ole Miss, can they rebound against a desperate Arkansas team? And that number is at two and a half now. Yeah. Desperate's the word because this Arkansas team, they're so close to being so good, right? Like you look at them and what they've been able to do and you look at some of the losses they've had, it's been really brutal for them. So I, I think that this is a desperate team, and I think Ole Miss against Arkansas is going to be interesting. The most interesting element is going to be 
Arkansas, when they're at their best, they're remarkably disciplined. But if you can get them out of that, then they have real problems. So for me, I um I, I think I think Ole Miss wins. I think Ole, down two and a half. You know what? And two and a half is a weird number because that's a field goal. And that means that something else has gone wrong in the game to get you to where it's a two-point win or a three-point win versus a four-point win. And those are the that's the way that I kind of think about this stuff when it comes to betting is like, okay, what, what did you miss an extra point? Or did you get two field goals and then a touchdown instead of two touchdowns? And how does this all shake itself out? And I uh, I don't think we're I don't expect to see KJ Jefferson. So if it's Malik Hornsby, I think we've got I think Ole Miss gets the dub. I do. And if we but if they can if there's a way to get KJ Jefferson in that game, then I'm going Arkansas. We're talking to Michael Felder here on college football as we head towards a big weekend. And Michael, we already talked about LSU is kind of a dark horse to get to the playoff. USC, one loss. They're number seven right now. They're yeah. in UCLA. I mean, it's, yeah, they're all at the same place. So not, not really home game, road game. It's all right there. But USC, <laughs> UCLA, one and a half. USC is the favorite right now in this game. What do you think about this game? And and I just feel like if USC's there at the end with only one loss, that committee, if there's a chance to put them in, they're going to want Caleb Williams and USC and Lincoln Riley in. Yeah, they want him in. They want him in. Absolutely. Somebody asked me if it was USC versus Tennessee, what do you do? And I was like, you put USC in. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this isn't even <laughs> a choice. And it's not because Tennessee, I believe Tennessee's not as good as USC. I think Tennessee might be a better football team. But the reality of it is you can get L.A. and the rest of the West Coast in there. You take it. It's a television show. you got to do that. So it's going to be interesting to see. Let me. I'm going to turn this back to you guys. What is UCLA? What's going through their mind right now? Because they just lost to Arizona. Yep. Spoiling what? USC season. I mean, I, I, that's the rivalry, right? Like that's that what they got right now. But that was a terrible loss for them last week. Yeah, that was a bad loss. And so I, I just do they kind of you know quote unquote circle the wagons, or is this a team that's like we thought we were good, we're not as good as we thought we were. I guess we just are. You know, we're the same old same. And by the way, UCLA beat the dog out of USC a season ago. That's the reason why they got a new coach, uh, a big part of the reason why they have a new coach. So I think that certainly UCLA, like, but then again, I, I don't, I honestly, stay away from this game. Just stay away. One and a half feels crazy. Stay away from it. Don't put your money on something else because here's the reality. I don't know that USC can stop Zach Charbonnet. And I don't know if UCLA can stop these wide receivers from moving down the field. If nobody can stop anybody and it's a shootout, it's anybody's game. Speaking of anybody's game, I mean, the Ducks were looking the, like the best team in the Pac-12, yeah. and then they just lost. Now they're playing Utah. And, I mean, there's a lot on the line in this one. This number's at three. Utah, three-point underdogs at Oregon. Who do you like in this one? Bang, 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 Utah. I love them. I don't think – I think that they are one of the most frustrated teams in the country because they shouldn't have lost to Florida. We've talked about this before. And <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about yes, this before. We did. Yes, we did. They're so upset with themselves for losing to Florida. And I think that they are hyper-focused. I don't think that being in Alston, being on the road, if we get elements – I don't know if you guys have seen, we're starting to see the elements creep into games now. 
Like we're starting to see the snow. We're starting to see the cold rain. We're seeing all the sleet. We're seeing all that creep in. Utah's not bothered by that. I think that Utah's going to get a win here. I think that we talked about UCLA with headspace. I wonder what Oregon's headspace is as well because, well, oh, also Bo Nix, injury issue here with the ankle. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But I also think that Was- I think Oregon in that Washington game, they got a little humbled with what Michael Penix was able to do to them. You got Cam Rising coming into the building. He doesn't have the same weapons. He's not going to do you do it the same way. But Cam Rising is fully confident, so I'm looking forward to seeing what we get out of this football game. All right, let's look ahead here, Michael. I know we have a week to go, and, and, and things could change a little bit between now and then. But I just I, I can't not think ahead to Michigan-Ohio State next weekend. Yeah. We saw it last year, and, and Michigan really took – in the trenches. I mean, they won that football game in the trenches yes. last year. This time it's in Ohio State. Uh, early line, something about – something around a touchdown. Ohio State is the favorite in this game. What's your early thought on Michigan-Ohio State this time around? So I have three things, all right? So, one, I will say this. Yes, they won in the trenches, but they won in the trenches because I'm not going to say Ohio State was soft. I will say that they were completely confused that they played on their heels. And when you're on your heels, it's easy to get pushed backward, which is what we saw happening. Because they weren't under – they didn't know – they didn't know which linebacker to have in the game, uh, in that game. So that's one. Two, I do – let me go this one so I can put my middle finger down so I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so two, I think the two, two of the, the, the second part of it for me is Ohio State is clearly focused on this game to the point where they are forcing themselves to run the football right now. It would be easy in their last two or three games to just throw, 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 and they would have won by 50 every game. But they are forcing themselves early to run the football and we've got to get a healthy Mayan Williams. We've got to get a. We've got to see if Henderson's going to get healthy. Um, we got to. We got to watch C.J. Stroud become a part of the running game, which we've seen over the last two weeks. We saw Stroud go from a guy that took a lot of sacks to becoming a guy that didn't take sacks that went for the run to, to that that didn't take deep sacks, took early sacks, and now he's starting to run a little bit, which I think becomes an added element, an extra problem. So they know what they have to do to beat this Michigan football team. J.J. McCarthy on the flip side, two games, last two games, under 50% passing. Under 50% passing. And I talked to Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News today, and she refer- she goes, it's not just him, it's also the receiving core because they don't get separation. So if you're not going to get separation and your quarterback is not going to be accurate, you're going to have real problems in the way that Ohio State plays defense now with the way that they – are hugged up to the line of scrimmage, guys at eight yards across the board in that cover zero Jim Knowles defense, I think that's going to be a real problem. So I still lean Ohio State, but at some point you got to have a toughness check on defense, right? You got to have a gut check, and JJ's good, but you got to have some other guys come with them. Steel Chambers, Eichenberg, they got to come with them because if you're going to stop Blake Corman, they're going to give Blake Corman the ball, what, 25 times? You better come with them because that's the way you stop it. The way to stop Michigan is to make them have to throw the football. And I think Ohio State's capable of it. It's a matter of will, not can. Great stuff. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be so much fun to watch and talk about between now and then. There was Michael Felder on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. On the other side, season-long stat leaders in the NFL – Justin Jefferson is back in the mix. We'll talk about it next on the BetQL Network.